It's good to see everybody here this evening. I hope you had a good afternoon. I hope it was better than Jason's uh, afternoon. Uh, he was sharing with me <laughs> that he was chasing the mule around most of the afternoon. So if you can beat that story, I'd love to hear it. All right. Uh -huh. All right, take your Bibles and turn with me to Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. Last week we, uh, we were comparing the lives of Joseph and Jesus and we were talking about things that, that had happened to both of them. Uh, and last week we, were, we talked about three things. First of all, that they were loved by their fathers. And we talked about Joseph and Jesus in both of these instances. And then they were hated by their brothers. They had that in common. And then lastly, uh, last week we talked about they, them being rejected as rulers over the people. So uh, we talked about those three things last week. To this week we've got three more items that uh, compared uh, the lives of Jesus and Joseph. The, the things that happened in Joseph's life were mirrored in Jesus' life. So in chapter 37, we're going to begin reading in verse 18, and we'll read through verse 28, and we'll get three more things uh, that compare between G Joseph and Jesus. So let's begin reading in verse 18 of chapter 37. Now when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. Then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come therefore, let us now kill him and cast him into some pit. And we shall say, some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will become of his dreams. But Reuben heard it, and he delivered him out of their hands and said, Let us not kill him. And Reuben said to them, Shed no blood, but cast him into this pit which is in the wilderness, and do not lay a hand on him that he might deliver him out of their hands and bring him back to his father. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit, and the pit was empty, there was no water in it. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked, and there was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels bearing spices, balm, and myrrh, on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So Joseph said to his brothers, What profit, I'm sorry, Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him, for he is our brother and our flesh. And his brothers listened. Then Midianite traders passed by, so the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver, and they took Joseph to Egypt. Tonight, as we uh, begin our Bible study, uh, talking about the lives of Joseph and Jesus, let's go to the Lord in prayer again. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you for how good you are to us in showing us and teaching us, and how it is, Father, that that as we study your word, you enlighten us and you show us your plan that has been in place from the very beginning. Father, help us to know that we are a part of that and that we, we are a part of your kingdom and, and should be a part of your work. 
So, Lord, I'm, I'm praying that this evening that you'll show us the things that compare between Joseph and Jesus. And, Father, that we'll, we will commit ourselves more completely to the Son. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. We ask for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so these two men lived many, many years apart, and then some of the things that happened in Joseph's life were mirrored in Jesus' life. So the first thing that, that I want to talk about tonight, we see that in verse 18, is that they were conspired against. They were conspired against. In verse 18, uh, going back to kind of catch up on the story a little bit, uh, Joseph uh, was at home with his father, Jacob, and Jacob... All the rest of the sons were out taking care of the sheep, and uh, they had gone afar uh, in the field to uh, make sure that they had found plenty of grazing and that sort of thing for the sheep. So now, they had been a while since they had checked on them, so Jacob sent his son Joseph to do just that, go get word from them, see how everything's going, uh, see where they are and, and what their plan is, all of those sorts of things. So it says there in verse 18, Now when, he saw him, when they saw him afar off, even before he came near them, they conspired against him to kill him. So this is their plan. Obviously, they had given it some thought. It wasn't just something that was just popped up in their minds because they had already listened to what they said a little further. Uh, then they said to one another, Look, this dreamer is coming. Come, therefore, let us now kill and cast him into some pit, and we shall say some wild beast has devoured him. We shall see what will happen what will become of his dreams. You see, they're, they're already, they were uh, jealous of, of the attention that he got from their father, and they hated him because of the dreams that he had, and now they said, you know what? We don't need him around anymore. So they conspired against him. This was something that was on their minds, and as they said it out loud, uh, they said, we're, we're going we're gonna to put an end to the dreams that he's had. So he was conspired against by his brethren, now, if you'll turn with me into the New Testament, into the book of Mark, looking at Mark chapter 14 and verse 1. As we get there, Jesus is, um, has come into Jerusalem and... He is, is just before the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, the Passover feast. Verse 1, it says this, After two days it was the Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they may take him by trickery and put him to death. Jesus also was conspired against by his brothers and by his creation. Thinking about that is what we said a week or so ago, that this was the creator that came down to redeem his creation, and his creation is rejecting him, conspiring against him to kill him, to put him to death. Imagine... the humility that it took on Jesus' part to stand there and let that happen. Knowing that it was going to happen, knowing that they were going to 
Take him by trickery, by deceit. Try him unlawfully and convict him unrighteously. And yet, he still went forward doing just that, what the Father had called him to do. Conspired against by his brethren. Now, we know also that with that conspiring, there became a betrayer, which leads us to the next point, the next thing that Joseph and Jesus have in common. Going back to Genesis 37, let's go back there. The first thing was that they were conspired against by their brethren. And the second thing is that they were sold for silver. Going back to verse 26 where Judah said to his brothers, What profit is there if we kill our brother and conceal his blood? Judah had his pocketbook in mind. He was thinking, hey, look, we can come out pretty good on this deal. Not only can we get rid of our brother, uh, his, you know, his, uh, his dreaming against us and making us bow down to him, his arrogance, probably what he was thinking, uh, him being the youngest, and yet he's going to rule over us. We, not only can we get rid of him, but we can make a profit on it. So he says, come let us sell him to the Ishmaelites, and let not our hand be upon him. And then you go on down and it says, they sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. 20 shekels of silver. Now there were... Eleven brothers at that time, because Benjamin probably was either not born or very small. So there were ten others, Joseph and ten more. So they basically sold him each for two shekels of silver. Now I don't know what that weighs out in today's currency, but imagine how much they hated him in order to just sell him for that little bit of amount for each one of them. Two shekels of silver apiece, 20 all total. You know, and I'm not even sure that Reuben would have, um, I don't know if he took his two shekels or not. But they were conspiring against him and then they sold him for 20 shekels of silver and it says they took Joseph to Egypt. Now going back to the New Testament to Matthew chapter 26. In Matthew chapter 26, you know what's coming. In verses 14 and 15. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him thirty pieces of silver. So think about the, the brothers of Joseph as they, they bargained with the Ishmaelites. Hey, look, look at this young guy. What will you give us for him? How much money will you pay for him? And then Judas, he goes to the chief priest and says, Hey, how much money will you pay for Jesus? You pay me and I will bring him to you or I will lead you to him. I will hand him over to you. I will betray him. Sold for silver. Imagine again the life 
of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. To Judas, all he was worth was the price of a slave. A common slave. Any, you could buy any slave you wanted to for 30 pieces of silver. And yet, that's all he was worth to Judas. But you know, there's so many people today that value Jesus even less than that. They, they have the idea, like someone said, that Jesus is overrated or that heaven is overrated. But let me tell you, the scripture says, the Lord Jesus Almighty, God Almighty, says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. So what's he going to be worth on that day? What's he going to be worth to those who betrayed him? To those who paid, basically, to have him arrested so that they could kill him? If they did not repent, and they stand before the Lord Jesus, saying, we recognize now your worth. Won't it be too late? And think about those that, for whatever reason in their life today, do not recognize Jesus as the King of kings and Lord of lords, the Savior, the Redeemer. What they've basically done is they've sold Jesus for whatever pleasure they get in this world. however cheap it may be. And then one day they'll have to stand before the Lord Jesus and say, now I recognize your worth, what I should have done, what I should have given up, what I shouldn't have done, what I should have uh, followed, how I should have loved you all along. But then it will be too late. The transaction will already have taken place. First, Joseph and Jesus were conspired against, and then they were both sold for silver. Joseph for 20, and Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. And then going back to Genesis chapter 39, Genesis 39, just a little bit further over in the Scripture, they were both condemned, though innocent. Now, Joseph was taken to Egypt, and he was sold to Potiphar, who was the captain of the guard, and he was put over Potiphar's house, and everything was in Joseph's hands. He took care of everything. Potiphar didn't have to worry about anything except, uh, except his wife. <laughs> and then Joseph, day by day, or every day, was being pressured to give in to sin by Potiphar's wife. She spoke to him time and time again. And he ran from her. Finally, he ran from her. And then, after he ran from her, she went and told um, a lie on him. And then in verse 19, Genesis 39, verse 19 and 20, So it was when his master, that's Potiphar, heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in prison. 
Joseph not having done anything wrong, as a matter of fact, having done everything right, found himself being condemned by his master, the one who had purchased him as a slave and who had exalted him or had promoted him to the head of his house, and he was taking care of everything, and now he was taken from that position and thrown in jail because of a lie. Unrighteously, unjustly condemned, though he was innocent. Now go back, go back to the New Testament, Matthew chapter 27. Verses 22 and 23, and here we find the Lord Jesus uh, being judged by Pilate. And Pilate finds him innocent. And then Pilate brings out two men, Jesus of Nazareth and Barabbas. And he asked the crowd because he was going to release one of them. He said, which one do you want me to release? And they said, Barabbas. And then in verse 22, Pilate said to them, What then shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? They all said to him, Let him be crucified. Then the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out all the more, saying, Let him be crucified. Jesus condemned, not having done anything wrong, not one sin against God. And yet, because he told the truth, the people called for his life. Instead of the righteous and holy one, they chose a murderer named Barabbas. Condemned, although innocent. The world chooses the wicked over the holy every time. And though Jesus was innocent, He was, by the will of the Father, taken to the cross. And He sacrificed Himself there. I like how Mr. Freddie tells it, or says it. He didn't, His blood wasn't spilled out. It, it wasn't taken from Him. He sacrificed it. He, he agreed. He went forward with the sacrifice. It wasn't... They didn't kill him. He volunteered on our behalf to die. Lord Jesus, innocent yet condemned, and Joseph jailed and in prison for his righteousness. Tonight we've covered these three. They were conspired against, they were sold for silver, and they were condemned though they were innocent. Remember always that the world celebrates in unrighteousness. And if we seek to serve our Lord and Savior, we will follow Him even if we are condemned, though innocent. Whatever He tells us is what we must do. Whether our country or government or laws speak to that uh, if, if it's against the law to worship we're still going to worship if it's against the law to follow Jesus 
even more so we're going to follow him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, we do love you and praise you and thank you for how your life is recorded for us in your word so that we can have witness of what we are supposed to do and what we're supposed to believe, how we're supposed to live. And Lord Jesus, your words tell us that we should follow you no matter what because for the world to love us means that we're not right with you. So Lord, if the world accepts us, then we've done something wrong against you. But if they reject us and hate us, it will be because of the truth that we speak to them and the witness that we bear of your light. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for loving us and calling us into your kingdom. And I pray, Father, that as we speak of you to others, that more and more will be called into the kingdom as well. We love you, Lord, and thank you again in Jesus' name. Amen.